As handwriting disappears in society, our next story now, its importance is becoming better appreciated in research. Putting pen to paper, as we used to do all the time, is good for our brains. Research has been confirming that for a while, and it still is. But a survey reported in the New Zealand Herald this year of 850 teachers found that about 750 of them who had trained in the past 20 years had had received no instruction on how to teach handwriting. Professor Daniel Oppenheimer is being quoted on this in media. He's with the Carnegie Mellon University in its Department of Social and Decision Sciences. Hello, Danny. Hello. How are you? Very well. Thank you for joining us. Um, It's wonderful to be here. The way we live now, does it militate against the use of handwriting, really? I mean, for example, how much do you write now, for example, compared with how much you used to write? I, I probably write less by hand than I used to write. I tend to use a computer more. Uh, but the fact that I use the computer more, it doesn't mean that handwriting is necessarily obsolete. It's, it's just different. Would you go so far as to make yourself write what you could use a keyboard for, can I ask? Well, under certain circumstances, yes. Uh, it's not that writing is better than using a keyboard. Um but writing changes the way you think. And if there are tasks that I'm engaged in for which it is important for me to think in, in ways that writing facilitates more effectively than keyboards do, then I would actually deliberately choose to write by hand. One of the advantages to writing by hand, which is going to sound like a disadvantage, but is actually quite helpful, is it slows you down. And uh, that can be helpful in a lot of ways. If um, If I'm writing... Or let's let's put it this way: If I'm typing what a teacher is saying, I can type verbatim what they say, which means I don't really have to listen and understand what's being said. I just have to type word for word what's being said, and it'll get into the record. But if I'm taking notes by hand, I can't write that quickly, and that forces me to listen to what the person is saying and rephrase it in my own words. And that means that I understood the material, I thought about the material, I figured out what is the best way to describe the material, and all of those things are helpful for learning. Certainly. We know that uh, this is not my research, but there is good research suggesting that children learning to read benefit uh, when they're when they're learning to read and to write and to understand um, literacy, that they benefit from actually making the motions of motor uh, in terms of motor control to figure out the mapping of the letters that they're going to someday be reading to the paper. And there. And so so they that that seems to be. Uh, really helpful for learning in terms of learning how to engage with uh, written word, um, as opposed to typing, where you press a button and there's no relationship between the button press and the visual manifestation of the letter that you'll later have to read. Um, so for, for teaching children to read and be literate, it, it, there are certainly advantages to longhand note-taking, or not note-taking, longhand writing. One argument is that keyboards, of course, enable you to get your ideas out faster before they're forgotten, mm. and handwriting obviously has become more laborious for new generations used to speed. But I was sure. I was thinking of all the prolific authors who used to write their books in longhand, which seems an almost insurmountable task when you're used to a keyboard now, and Shakespeare didn't have a laptop as far as I know. That's the, We've suddenly changed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
it, it is easier to write out your ideas quickly when you're on a, a computer. Um, but uh, there, th- that advantage can be countered by other things. So one thing is uh, when you're on a computer, it's really easy to edit. So if you write something and you're unhappy with, you can just delete it or you can copy and paste it somewhere else in your document and move things around really easily. So there's not a lot of reason to think what, through what you're going to say in advance. You can always change it. Whereas when you're writing by hand, it's a lot harder to change what you've written. Once you've written it out, I guess you can cross it out and rewrite it. You could put an arrow to somewhere else and then rewrite the whole page. But it, it becomes a lot more difficult, which means that people who are writing by hand are going to be much more likely to think through what they want to say before they say it. And that can lead to deeper and more insightful ideas because you've actually thought them through before you start writing. Of course, it's also possible you'll forget those ideas before you manage to get them on paper, um, but that and which is the advantage of using a computer. Uh, and so, again, I, I've sort of said this before, but uh, it's worth repeating that different media for uh, writing are not necessarily better or worse, but they will lead to different outcomes. And so they're better or worse for different goals or purposes. So handwriting, I'm inferring, concentrates the mind, improves the need for focus in the brain and you know you respond accordingly by being more um, exact about what you put down well you certainly have to have thought through it because you can't um, just change it and and then you also are going to be more precise in the sense that when you're writing again you're slower which uh, gives you more time to think through your mental lexicon when you're trying to figure out the right word that should come next whereas when you're typing you finish typing one word you're already on to the next um, there's less time to to consult your, mexo, your mental lexicon, which means that people who type tend to have less variance in the number of words they use. They tend to reuse the same words over and over. They tend to be simpler words that are quicker to bring to mind, whereas people who write by hand um, are going to use a greater number of words, greater diversity of words, more complex and nuanced words, which may help them convey complex ideas more effectively because they are able to get the right word that has the right nuance. Um, yeah, and they'll certainly seem more erudite. <laughs> <laughs> they, they might, uh, yeah, depending on, how, on what they write. But yes, um, because they have more trouble editing, it might seem less edit, uh, erudite in that sense, because a person on a computer can also use the Shift F7 function to get a, a thesaurus. Um, and so there, there's a lot of things that computers can allow you to do. You know, the, the same thing that allows you to search the internet and find that perfect thesaurus word, uh, you know, also could lead you to search the internet and get distracted and start watching YouTube videos instead of writing. So (laughs) pluses and minuses. (laughs) Professor Danny Oppenheimer is with us. I kind of print write. I mean, my cursive handwriting is so atrocious that people always say, you know, you should have been a doctor. Do, (laughs) Do different styles of word composition have different benefits? Has research been done into that in the brain? I get a lot of questions about cursive versus printing. And as far as I can tell, there really isn't much of a difference. The literature doesn't seem to distinguish much between handwriting with cursive versus handwriting with print. You know, if you want to be able to read your handwriting, some people can't read their handwriting very well. (laughs) Typing may be helpful then because you can go back and review your notes and understand what you wrote. Yes, Um, that's true. Typing is searchable. So if you want to later go back and look for a particular term so that you can look at what your definition was, you, you have to go, you know, you actually are probably more likely to be able to find it without a search function by hand because you'll remember where on the page it was, whereas you wouldn't as would be able to do that with the uh, uh, typing note taking. But uh, to the extent that you have 50 pages of notes, 
it'd be much easier to find something because you can search it on the computer. Yeah. Um, so like, it's not that computers are bad. They're good for some functions. But if your goal is to comprehend the material, um, then handwriting seems to be the best way to do that. Just to enlarge the discussion and getting into the realms of the more speculative, maybe, in the classroom, and classrooms of all sorts appear to be becoming more unruly these days, or distracted might be a better word, do you think the decline of handwriting might be partly to blame? Any activity that instills discipline, whether it be learning to write carefully or do karate, um, anything that you have to really focus on to learn to do, can help you learn to focus more effectively and then may help with classroom behavior. Um, it's it's not clear to me thinking through the literature that I'm familiar with that uh, handwriting necessarily would be better at that than other activities that also for, 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 uh, for, uh, force focus. Okay, but speaking of instilling discipline, there's a movement here to ban cell phones in schools which Mm -hmm. I think is also true of some of your states in the U.S. What about, so what about laptops? I know that seems extreme given given how much online access we need now, but I also Mm -hmm. see some U.S. schools are trying that, just getting rid of the digital elements of learning. You know, I think that's a mistake. Um, And the reason I think it's a mistake, even though there are definitely problems with laptops in classrooms, the aforementioned getting distracted or watching TikTok instead of paying attention in class, um, there's lots of problems with having laptops, but at the same time, uh, you know, we're in a world with generative AI now and, um, generative AI is going to fundamentally change the way that students in for interact with information, the way that they learn, the way that they think, the way that they compose. Um, and in the real world, when students graduate and they go out and they're going to work in jobs, they're going to be expected to be able to use things like GPT effectively or whatever the next generation of that is. Uh, and if they can't, they're going to be at a competitive disadvantage because a person who uses AI effectively can be much more efficient, much more productive than a person who can't. And why would an employer prefer someone who is less productive? There are certainly times and exercises and particular lesson plans for which I tell my students, let's turn off your laptops, put them under the desk. If I see your laptop on the desk, you're going to get in trouble. But at the same time, there are also many exercises for which I say, laptops out, we're going to use our laptops now on a particular assignment, and you have to use your laptop. And here is the software we're going to be using, or here is the technique we're going to be using. I want you to know how to do it so that when you're in the real world, you'll be able to use this and be effective. In tandem, though, with that desirable facility for being able to handle the new world of learning, we also have declining literacy. And I imagine you do too in the US. And I know it's a complex area, and past education pro- approaches to it, such as you know, too great a focus on meaning rather than rules and a belief that just immersion in language will suffice, all those teaching uh, protocols have been blamed. But to what extent can we also blame the disappearance of handwriting, just writing English rather than um, using a computer to you know, navigate the language? Well, it is certainly the case that uh, students who learn to write, that helps them with literacy. And so certainly not handwriting could produce deficits in uh, reading. But I, I, I would be reticent to say that that's the primary cause. I think that one reason that kids aren't learning to read is because they're not reading as much. Um, you know, many kids who 
you so, so here, here's an example i uh i have office hours and uh after a midterm when students haven't performed as well as they would like they line up outside of my office hours and one at a time they come in and we talk about how they can improve but while they're lined up outside early in my career they would line up outside with a book and they would be reading during that time and now when they line up outside they line up with their phones and they're watching TikTok while they are waiting to come in and I noticed this because I look outside and no one has a book with them. Mm. And if you look on a planes, there used to be, you know, everybody would be reading. Now everybody's scrolling through their cell phones. You know, they're, they're in, they're ne- they can't be online, but they are still using their phones or their computers or whatever. And so, you know, one of the best ways to get good at reading is to practice reading, which is to read. And to the extent that fewer people are reading, that would explain uh, why people are becoming less literate in a way that's a lot simpler than, you know, blaming it on not handwriting. It's a serious problem, though, isn't it? I noticed I was talking about a big piece in the Atlantic Monthly asking why there's been a precipitous drop of reading among young people in America. And I know the um, the causes are multifactorial, but I mean, I think they're pretty obvious to us, the, the entrancement with the phones. I mean, it's not a good sign, is it? Yeah, I I, I mean, it's certainly new technologies come out. And every time new technologies come out, everybody worries that the um, that's the end of civilization. You know, the radio came out and people said, ah, no one will ever read again. And then television came out and they said, ah, no one will ever read again. And um, it certainly is the case that people seem to have been lured away from reading to some degree. And although many people do read on their phones, uh, it's not as though when people are, you know, on their phones, they're never reading. I mean, I read. Uh, books on my phone a lot of times because that's you know ebooks are are convenient in many ways sure. um so it's not it's not the end of reading in that sense but i i hesitate to talk now because i know i'm on public radio and lots of people are going to hear me and i'm moving outside my area of expertise but i will say that there have been changes in what sorts of books are produced and marketed to kids that may have a role in that as well um I know uh, a person who who writes children's literature who was told flat out, don't write rhyming books because we publishers will not, the publishers are opposed to rhyming books these days because they think that children should be going to chapter books faster and that would be better for children. Uh, and then I look at my own daughter who's two years old and loves rhyming books. <laughs> and I think to myself, why are they such in such a rush to produce chapter books when kids have always liked rhymes and rhymes are very helpful? You know, it's not my area of expertise, so I should probably not be talking about it. But it, it it makes me wonder if one of the reasons that kids are not enjoying reading is because uh, we have decided to push things on them that they are less interested in reading. And we're pushing them too fast to complex forms of reading. Uh, and so instead of it being a joy, it becomes something they do because they have to for school, um, which then can poison them to reading generally. Yeah, that's an, an interesting observation. And certainly... The popularity of rhyme extends way beyond childhood years too. So, you know, it's um, it's always with us and always desired by people. I don't know how good this analogy is, but I remember when video was threatening film. This is in TV land. And the film purists said video would never achieve the visual splendor. But it has. And then some. I wonder, can handwriting, even with all these brain benefits which you've enumerated, can it survive the digital era, do you think? Here's what I would say. Every time new technologies come out, it takes a while for society to adjust to their optimal use. So we have the internet and social media, 
And that caught America and probably New Zealand, but I don't know New Zealand as well, but it, it certainly caught America by storm. It changed culture in some fundamental ways and in some ways that are very clearly negative. Um, but that was true of almost every new technology that has come out in the last century. Um, but what happens is eventually people learn how to use it. They learn how to adapt. Society and culture shift to accommodate the new technologies. And when they first come out, when we don't really know how to use them, some negative habits can develop. But we tend as a society to evolve past that. I can't say that the Internet will necessarily have that same trajectory that we've seen from previous technologies. But I will say that I'm already seeing students being more deliberative and deliberate about what they use their phones for. And, um, and I'm seeing parents becoming more thoughtful about when they let their kids have phones and how they let their kids use phones. I've heard of movements of parents who are only giving their children uh, flip phones instead of smartphones because they don't want their kids to get addicted or uh, otherwise have some of the challenges that a smartphone can provide a young child. And so that was not something that was happening 10 years ago before we started to realize that there were some dangers involved in using smartphones for children. So, so I think that we may hit a, a period where writing is less common and less prevalent, but I do think that there will always be a place for writing and that once we as a society figure out what that place is, there will be a value afforded to writing in, in society. Nice to end that on, opt- on an optimistic note. Thank you so much for your time and uh, your interesting thoughts on all this. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to get to talk to, uh, to you and the people of New Zealand. Professor Daniel Oppenheimer at 3 minutes to 11 and the news at 11 o'clock with Karen. This is such an important discussion to be having on handwriting and one that's very close to our hearts. We are two writing specialists, researchers and teacher leaders who will next year be launching the Great New Zealand Handwriting Challenge with the goal to educate all New Zealand teachers about the significance of this skill to ensure that it will soon be taught in every junior class every day. We will be providing free professional learning for teachers and we'll be working to create as much of a buzz as we can using social media and other media channels. What else? Voice to thank you for that. Voice to text dictation now is remarkable, says someone. I was just thinking about how good it had got. I don't know. Uh, the other day. So, okay, it's got good. As a creative writer, I always handwrite my creations and then edit on a computer. Way better for my thinking process. I get my grandchildren to keep diaries. They are not so enamored of that, but would like to show them, but I would like them, I'd like it to show them their thoughts years along the track, says Karen of Gisborne. How, Karen, it's a great idea if they can stick to it, which I have never, I don't know. It's so hard to keep it a journal. I was talking about this the other day in the newsroom and we all agree, but then some people do it diligently and journals come in so remarkably usefully in their lives. Well, for a memoir, of nothing else. I'm amazed we have got to the assumption, says one texter, that we all type quicker than we handwrite. Not me. Gee. You must be a really fast writer. I've always envied people who can write fast. Handwriting promotes syllable reading and word recognition, which thus promotes greater learning and memory of that language learned, says Paul Hartigan. Thank you, Paul.